It is a Wednesday afternoon, 1 o'clock. That means it's time for Post to Post. Alan Wishart in the host chair to start the show. Reg will be joining me later, but I'm going to get things going with an interview I actually did yesterday on the After 9 show. And it's related to sports, but it's nothing to do with, like, the Spruce Kings on the ice or anything. I was talking to Liz Bennett, who is kind of in charge of the Spruce Kings show home again this year. And I, I said, Liz... The Spruce Kings are nearly finished the regular season. How close is the show home to being finished its season, if you will? Well, we're getting close. We're in the final six weeks, which feels like it's coming in hot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So now, how many tickets do you have left? Uh, In the 5,000 range. Okay. So again, Prince George this year being a little bit more of a last-minute town again. Oh, yeah. We're consistent. We are ahead of where ticket sales were at this time last year, but we also have an additional 1,000 tickets compared to what we had Whoa. last year for sales. So, wow. Uh, but we're doing well. Good. Doing now, well. Um, just so people know, where is the home located this year? It is at 2834 Lynx Drive. It's, again, in the Aberdeen Glen subdivision. It's beside last year's home. Okay. And you guys are getting quite a collection of homes up there, aren't you? Yeah, we do. We have, like, five on the same side of the street on <laughs> Lynx Drive. So it's quite a few. <laughs> Jeez. Now, give us a description of the home. I think I went. I think I was up there maybe a month ago and just took, like, the quick tour, but I didn't really spend a lot of time looking at it. Okay, so um, if you come in, you come in on the basement floor. When you come view the house right now, you come through the garage, mm-hmm. but we also have a beautiful front entrance. Um, and then you have a little furnace room on the right coming through the garage. And then if you go around the corner, we have our basement living area, which has a TV and a couch. And it's kind of like a cozy space. You spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. And then we have a laundry room, which off of it has another like storage area or space you could use to store a freezer or something like that if you wanted another deep freeze. Um, and then we have a basement bathroom, which is quite oh, lovely yes. and nice and bright. And then we have the really fun room that people either love or don't love. And that <laughs> oh. room is black. <laughs> um, so the paint is black on the ceiling and on all the walls. Um, which is, it's really quite breathtaking. I'd say like no. 85% of people say they love the dark room and they're like, holy moly, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to love it. Um, and 15% are like, that room would go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if they owned the house, they painted something else, which is totally fair. Yeah. Um, and then you head upstairs. And so in the upstairs, you come, we have beautiful pantries in, in the, like, that, that'll be your first view as you come up the stairs. Right. Huge pantry space. And then you turn to the right and we have the most stunning kitchen we've ever had I think mm-hmm. um, we have beautiful windows above the kitchen sink and counter and outside of that window we see sunset all the time so oh, it would be one of those homes that if you picture living in it like I would just be delighted to be in that kitchen every day um, I do love cooking but like mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a kitchen you'd even want to do dishes in so that you could do that sky. <laughs> they speak for yourself um, yeah, I don't love dishes, but I feel like I'd be more willing mm. <laughs> to love dishes than that. Um, and then we have high ceilings up there, so it's quite bright and open. And then there's the living area. Um, and then you walk down the hall, and there's two children's bedrooms that you could also make adult bedrooms, but right. with smaller beds. And um, they're kind of decorated for kids right now. So 
when families come through, they often talk about one room has the alligator stuffy, the other one has the star and the snake, and all the kids <laughs> tell us which one's their favorite. Right. Um, and then there's more closet space, and then you walk through the master bedroom, which is bedroom, then closet, then bathroom, which is so functional, I think, for mm-hmm. how people actually shower, then get yes. changed, and then carry on with their day. Um, we used to have that design in many of our homes and hadn't in a couple of years, so I was really happy to see that design come back. And that bathroom has heated floors, which is also Ooh, nice. Yeah. So now, just so people are clear on this, if I remember correctly, the furnishings that are in the house now come with it, correct? They sure do, even down to every single book. <laughs> Whoa. The only things that are excluded from that are the things that we have in the garage that are staff, and we mm. have a vacuum that we store in the house that uh, doesn't come with the house, oh, but okay. we need to vacuum. <laughs> so you got to provide your own vacuum. Okay, so yeah. take that into account, people, when you're deciding whether to buy a ticket or not. You have to supply your own vacuum. Yeah, I don't think that's. A, I don't think that's going to be a major stumbling block. Hopefully, you already have a vacuum. Yes. <laughs> right. So now, is this the? I'm trying to remember. Is this the first year that you've had sort of a full open house available right from the beginning? I know in previous years, I think there was one year you just didn't have any open house. It was all online, and then I think there was another year where people basically had to make appointments. So we. Since I've been with the organization, mm-hmm. which this is my third season, and okay. the first season I came on board was when COVID was really um, in the beginning stages yes. of 2020. So that year, we didn't have the house open for the first four and a half months of the mm-hmm. year. And then we had really strict capacity. Once we did open, we mm-hmm. had a maximum of six people in the home Um from like March until the end of April that year. Yeah. But otherwise, since I've been with the team, we have had the house open, um, excluding a couple periods where COVID restrictions were really strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have been open every day since, um, other, aside from Christmas Day, um, since two days after the campaign began. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And now I believe you guys, what, what, the other question, of course, is it's the Spruce King show home. So do all the funds raised go directly to the Spruce Kings to help with operations? Yeah. So all of our funds go towards operational costs for the team down to, uh, like the bus, all the gas, the hockey sticks for the players, meals when they're on the road, accommodation when they're on the road. All the Spruce Kings operating costs. We the show home lottery pays for most of the money that, that wow. we use in the budget on an annual basis. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And now, not all, but most. No. Of yeah. Now, I believe you've almost. I think I was looking at the site. I think you've had two early bird draws already, but you got one more coming up pretty quick. I think. We sure do. It's like thirty six hours away as ticket Oops. sales cut off for that next early bird. Um. So we have early bird number three is $2,000 to central builders. And that cutoff for ticket sales is tomorrow night, Wednesday, the 22nd of March Mm -hmm. at 10 o'clock p.m. 10 p.m. Wow. If people want in on that early bird, they have to have their show home lottery tickets before tomorrow night at 10 o'clock p.m. Okay. And just just so people know this, I I think when we've talked about this in the past, we've stressed a little bit as well. If your ticket's drawn for the early bird, that doesn't mean that you're out of the running for the house. The ticket goes back in, right? Totally, because yes. you purchased the ticket to buy the chance of the, winning the house. So yes. 
you get your ticket back in the barrel if you're the winner of okay. the other prizes. Okay. So if you got really lucky, you would win the $2,000 gift certificate for doing fix-ups around the house, even though it doesn't need any. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and a house. <laughs> and the house, yes. Well, if you didn't like the black room, you could paint it. You oh, could, yes. Central Builders has a ton of paint options, so <laughs> you could you could get some new paint to paint it whatever color you want. Now, I'm trying to remember if you mentioned what is sort of the purpose of the black room. Does it have any furnishings in it, or is it just basically at this point a black room? It has furnishings. It has a, book, a couple bookshelves and a really lovely seating chair and... A light. Um, it's actually like, so I wouldn't say that there is a purpose. I think almost always there's something they do in a house to make it a talking piece. Mm-hmm. And I think the black room became a talking piece. <laughs> um, people like, like two years ago, it was the dog wallpaper. Last year, mm-hmm. it was the emerald green kitchen. And this year, it's the black room. I would say on a personal level, I meditate a lot and I mm-hmm. spent some mornings in the black room. Because it's kind of a different sensation to be in, like, a darker space. Um, And I feel like it's a very calming room if you actually spend any amount of time in it, which I wouldn't have thought just thinking about the idea of a black room. But feeling the black room, I'm like, oh, I like it. It's peaceful to me. Yeah. It sounds like it would be a great room if you're a reader. That sounds like it would also be a very good room to go into if you just want to be by yourself and read. Totally. The, the chair that is there is like a little reading nook kind of chair, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I would picture it for. Okay. For my own home, yeah. Yeah. So now, what are the hours of the open house? When can people so, come through it? 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. daily. Okay. Yeah. And again, no restrictions except... Um, I'm thinking probably if it's like I've seen it before on the weekend... The, the parking in that area isn't bad, but you're going to be out on the street, and you may end up having to walk just a little ways to get to the house on the weekends. Yeah. Sometimes our weekends are busier. If you're available during the week to go during the week, I always would recommend going during the week. Um, but you might have to walk 100 meters or so. Gasp. Yeah. So now, that's good for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, um, Tickets. Obviously available at the house when it's open. How else can people get tickets? So we're also at Canadian Tire selling tickets in person 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. Thursdays through Sundays. Mm -hmm. So that's an option as well. We always have our site online at www.sprucekingshowhome.ca. People can also call 1-855-962-IWIN. Okay. Now, do you sell tickets like... I know the Spruce Kings are out of town this weekend, but then they're going to be in the playoffs. Do you sell tickets at the playoff games? So we sell tickets at many games. We haven't, I guess I haven't confirmed that Mm. we'll have tickets at every playoff game. Yeah. But um, as long as we have staff available, we have tickets sellers at games and we're usually there between 6 30 and 9 those nights right so you can get them in advance of the game starting um and then through the intermissions up until the last period okay so now what what what, were the, what are the yards like that's a question i think i've forgotten to ask in the past what are the yards like like are they fairly big front yard fairly big backyard are they fairly small what what's happening here um, I would say fairly, like, typical front yard. Okay. Like, not, not a huge front yard, but an average house mm-hmm. front yard. Our backyard's a little bit small. Yeah. Um, there is 
like quite an embankment behind the house. That like, I'm a huge gardener. I would totally make terrace gardens mm. into that space. I feel like you could do something really cool. Yeah. Um, or and some people put in a retaining wall. But um, the backyard, the best thing about it is that you would not have to mow it for very long. No. Okay. <laughs> it's easy yard maintenance. Yes. Look on the bright side of things. It's not a big <laughs> yard. That just means you don't have to mow it. Okay. Liz Bennett, Spruce King Show Home. One more time. What's the address of the home? When is it open? 2834 Lynx Drive, daily, 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. And so Lynx Drive, just so people know, that's up by Aberdeen Glen Golf Course? Uh, yes, it's in the Aberdeen Glen subdivision. Right. And that again, Liz Bennett. And one thing that didn't come up during the interview, but I was asked about a couple of times afterwards, the cost of the tickets, $125 each. So that was something that people figured would be nice to know. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it used to be $100, but it's quite a while ago now yes. that they uh, bumped it up to yeah. 125 Yeah, and on the ice, Spruce Kings, as they have the last couple of weeks, only had the two games this past week on the mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, their last two home games, actually, they lost 4-3 to Salmon Army in overtime on Friday, and then Aiden Fetima got the shutout on Saturday as they won 4 to nothing. Yes. And they finished the season in Cranbrook on Friday and Saturday of this week. Yeah, and uh, uh, pretty pretty tight race in oof. the interior division of the BCHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, as you mentioned off the air before we, uh, and, and really, you, you said, the, what is it, three points? Three points between third and seventh. Uh, that's not what it shows here. Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. sorry. It, yeah. it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Salmon Arm with a two-point lead on everyone else. Yeah, and a game in hand. And a game in hand, but that, you mentioned that game in hand is against Penticton, so that doesn't help them. No. Uh, and, uh, yeah, West Kelowna, Prince George, and Vernon all at 58, and Wenatchee uh, Wild at 57. Yes. Now, uh, I was thinking that we should check. We, what we should have done is gone through the schedule to see what are the, what's the likelihood of who's uh, finishing where? <clears throat> because we do know that the Spruce Kings' last two games are against Cranbrook. Yes, who are in and, second place and solidly. Yeah, ranked. they're solidly in second place. Yeah, uh, eleven points back of Penticton, but fourteen points ahead of yes. Salmon Arms. So well ahead of that uh, big pack that's battling for position there. So uh, the Spruce Kings, if they're lucky, they'll get a split. Yes, but nice. um, I, th- I think to finish fourth, they're going to have to sweep. Yeah, well, Salmon Arm, as we said, they have pen- they host Penticton tonight. Then on the weekend, they are home to West Kelowna, who are right there, of course. Right, and then they're at Penticton on Saturday. Hmm. So that's not the easy schedule for Salmon Arm either. No, um, so really, West Kelowna. They have a game against Merritt. Okay. Merritt's the last that, place that, team. That should be a gimme. And then the game against Salmon Arm. Whoa. So if they beat Salmon Arm, that would pretty much give them uh, that uh, third yes. place. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Uh, given that they don't choke against Merritt. No. Right? No. That's the key. Well, is Merritt the first game on the weekend? Yeah. Okay. So that's the other thing is their coach has to say, okay, guys, we have a game to play tonight. 
I know the big game is tomorrow night, but let's not forget we have a game to play tonight. Don't start looking at Saturday night yet. No, exactly. They really have to be on their game against Merritt. Yes. Uh, you know, look at it as a, a practice game to make sure that you've, you're doing everything right. Yeah. If you do that, chances are you'll beat them. And then you go in against uh, Salmon Arm for the game that really yeah. means something and for I you. I don't know for sure what their uh, goaltending situation is, but that's also a situation where you might play your backup goalie against Merritt mm-hmm. and rest your starter for the big game Saturday night, figuring right. your backup goalie, you've probably got as good a chance of beating Merritt still. Yeah. So so the Vernon Vipers, mm-hmm. they uh, will win a game They're this weekend. Merritt? They're playing Merritt on Saturday. They play in Penticton, in Penticton Ooh. on Friday. Wow. So uh, that yeah. bodes well for the Spruce Kings somewhat. Yes. Uh, because if they can get that split, well, again, that, that would keep them the tied, though. So, yes. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I guess the fact that Vernon is playing Merritt yeah. kind of gives them a bit of, a bit of an edge there. Cause, Vernon and West Kelowna, I think you said, are both playing Merritt, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so that, that means... They'll both be on 60. Yeah. But one of them's playing Penticton, and the other one's playing Salmon Arm, and Salmon Arm will be scrambling like crazy, especially if they lose tonight. Yeah. They'll still be on 60, and everybody will have two games left. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And then the other team in the in the hunt there is Wenatchee. Yes. And they have uh, back-to-back games against Trail. Okay. So that's uh, Trail's the eighth-place eighth team. team. Yeah. You know, so they should be able to beat them twice, but... They should be, but one never knows. Uh, and they are in Wenatchee for those games, okay. so that does give that them a bit yes. of an advantage, yeah. um, especially with the cross-border travel for yeah. Trail. It, it kind of adds to the the trip a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely for the the uh, weekend oh, action. Going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. Yeah, coastal division. It's not quite as tight, but there is a bit of a log jam. Third place, uh, Alberni Valley at sixty four points. Uh, Victoria Grizzlies at sixty, and Coquitlam's sandwiched between them at sixty one. Yeah, and then it's another four points back to Chilliwack, then ten points back to Powell River. Uh, Surrey Eagles, five points up on Alberni Valley. So a bit of a spread out there. Yeah. You'd pretty much need uh, one team to sweep, the other team to lose both for yeah. any kind of major movement other than uh, yeah. Coquitlam and Victoria being just one point apart. Yeah, they've got two first-round matchups already set to go. Nanaimo, number one, playing Langley, number eight. <coughs> Surrey, number two, playing Powell River, number seven. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the interior, it's just the Penticton Trail Smoke Eater first-round one that we know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Time for a quick break. We'll be back with some more on Post to Post. In a confused and broken world, truth, hope, and light are found in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Join us Sundays at 7.30 p.m. as we host Pastor Chris Gordon of Abounding Grace Radio. Pastor Gordon preaches from all of the scriptures with a special focus on how they testify about Jesus. Brought to you by Prince George Canadian Reformed Church. Don't miss Abounding Grace Radio Sunday evenings at 7.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
The Prince George Council of Seniors is pleased to announce their Friends and Family Caregiver Support Program. If you're the caregiver for a senior who lives in the Prince George area needing support, or you're just feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, the support program has informed education, fun self-care activities, and groups to help you maneuver through the challenges you face. For more information on the free and confidential caregiver support program, call the Council of Seniors at 250-564-5888. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the south of 20K gusting to 40 starting this afternoon, a high of 9. Tonight, a few clouds. Increasing cloudiness late this evening. Fog patches developing after midnight. Gusting south winds are becoming light, a low of minus 4. On Thursday, mainly cloudy. Wind from the south of 20 in the afternoon and a high of 8. All right, you really have to hit the music earlier than that. Yes. All right. All right. So WHL or Cougars, as you were yes. uh, saying, going into the break, uh, which really not much to say because we know we know where they're going to finish. We know everything about the Western Conference for first round playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But may as well just catch people up. Uh, Cougars beat Kelowna five three last Wednesday a week ago. Had Victoria in town for a double header, beat them seven to one on Friday, lost seven to six, but in overtime. So it was a, a shootout. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are in Kamloops as they usually do. They're in Kamloops Friday night and host Kamloops on Saturday. And then, uh, the one thing we do know about where they go after that is they will be playing, uh, Tri-City in the first round of the playoffs, and they will be the home team to start things off, uh, because they finished fourth, Tri-City finished fifth. As I was saying, the other three playoff series, first round series in the Western Conference are also set. We're gonna have Seattle playing Kelowna, Campbell's playing Vancouver, and Portland playing Everett. Mm-hmm. And this, apparently this is the first time that the Cougars and Tri-City have met in the playoffs. Yes. And interesting note, in the first round, there's only one series that is a, a divisional series, and that's yeah. uh, Vancouver well, against Kamloops. Uh, Portland Everett. Oh, sorry. No. Okay, so you got two. Yeah, but still. And then two uh, cross-border ones. Yes. That's not too bad. In the Eastern Conference, nothing is settled yet in terms of who's playing who. No. With the- Well, there's yeah, there's still two teams... Um, Three teams scrapping for two playoff spots, I think it is, at the bottom. Right. Seven yeah. to eight. Yeah. And that, and then the other teams, fourth, fifth, third, sixth, they're all sort of congested as well with no way of knowing for sure who's going to finish where. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, check the uh, CHL top ten ratings uh, today. Seattle, now number two. Winnipeg, number three. Kamloops, number seven. Saskatoon, an honorable mention. And the first OHL team, again, was 8th. But then they had spots 8, 9, and 10. So kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. And what else have we got on the Cougars? Oh, uh, quick update on how some of the guys are doing. Chase Wheatcroft, 105 points on the season. Second in the league. I don't think he's going to catch top spot. He's 37 points behind Connor Bedard Yeah, with two games to play. Uh, his 47 goals are third in the league as well. And 22 power play goals is still first overall. 
Riley Height, 70 assists, two behind Connor Bedard, and 39 power play assists is first. Mm-hmm. And I heard somebody earlier this week say that Bedard might pull off the Triple Crown this year. He might lead in goals, assists, and points. And I was thinking, well, if he leads in goals and assists and doesn't lead in points, there's a problem. Yeah. So saying the Triple Crown is kind of maybe not totally meaningless, but it doesn't really make much sense to say it. Right, right. So. Now, how many games uh, do they play in the season for WHL? Is it 68? I guess so, because these, this is their final two games. I think, they've, I think they're at 66 right now yeah. in two games. Yeah, yeah so 68. Yeah. And I think, I think there might be one or two teams across the league who have 65 games, but yeah. almost everybody again has 66. So again, it's the weekend. The nice yeah. thing for the teams in the West, of course, is they're just sort of, as you say, tuning up for the playoffs. They know who they're going to be playing. They know where they're going to be playing the first games. So this is just, let's not get anybody hurt games. No, exactly. And and you mentioned you don't know who's playing who in the East. Yeah. Uh, but it's not because of the top of the no. uh, the oh. uh, standings, because Winnipeg, oh. uh, 111 points. Yeah. Uh, Saskatoon is at 97. Yeah. But they're in the same division, so second place actually is Red Deer at 90. Yes. And then 81 to Moose Jaw. So uh, well spread out at the top four. Yeah. Um, then you get the bottom four where there's, there could be some changes. Uh, Regina's only four points back of Lethbridge uh, with two games left. Lethbridge only has one, so mm-hmm. they could catch them. Yeah. Um, and then and then there's a drop down to Calgary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, sorry, Lethbridge has three games left. So, okay. uh, yeah, they would have to hope that Lethbridge loses all their games. But Calgary, uh, they have three games left with 66 points. They can't catch, well, they technically could catch Regina. Um, but again, they'd have to win out. Regina would have to yes. lose out. And then Medicine Hat one point back. So there's a few, uh, the, the tightest one, I yes. guess, is Medicine Hat Calgary, but the other, yeah, but the you, other spots the, are kind teams of. are so close. As I said, that's why you can't say for sure who in the top is going to play the guys from the bottom because the guys in the bottom haven't settled it yet. Well, yeah, but really it's, it's seven, eight that's the, the yes. really tough one because the other ones, it's, it's a case of each team would have to, the, the team Somebody would have the team behind yeah. would have to sweep the team above would have to lose all yeah. of theirs so um chances are it's going to be moose jaw fourth lethbridge fifth regina sixth yeah so it's just calgary medicine hat to determine i think who's going <laughs> to well which one's going to lose uh, to winnipeg and which one's going to lose to red deer yes. right yeah and uh yeah it's kind of nice actually though we got uh we got more hockey coming then on two fronts here in Prince George. Cougars and the Spruce Kings both in the playoffs. Yes. Kind of nice. Spruce Kings, we don't know if they're going to be at home yet, but uh, Cougars, we know, will be at home. I have not heard dates yet, though. Yeah. Well, if I was a betting man, I would say uh, Spruce Kings will not be at home. No. Because, uh, like I say, they got the number two team overall for both their games. Yes. And the teams that they got to pass each have a game against Merritt. Yeah. So, yeah, doesn't look good. No. You could end up, though, because looking again at Salmon Arms' schedule, where they've got the game in hand, but just games Penticton, and then they play West Kelowna and Penticton. 
Right. I could very I could very easily see a four way tie there. Everybody on sixty points. If Salmon Arm loses out, which is possible, West well, Colonial wins that game to get to sixty and then loses their other game. Yeah, but their other games against Merritt. You never know. I'm just saying, yeah, with with them playing Merritt, and who's the other team that has Merritt? Uh, I believe it's Vernon, isn't it? Right. Yes. So you've got two teams there that have the the, the yeah. basement dwelling Merritt Centennials to face. So you, you, you know, it's pretty pretty dicey to say that you know maybe Merritt will beat one of them. Yes, but I doubt if they'll they'll no. beat two. So no. okay. Let's go to another break. When we come back, an interview I did with uh, Alain Strazen about a judo tournament coming up in a couple of weeks on Post to Post. The BC Old-Time Fiddler Spring Jamboree Concert is Saturday, April 15th at the Elder Citizens Recreation Centre. The evening performance will feature first-class musicians Daniel Lapp, Mike Sanison, Daniel Gervais, and Troy Gates. Tickets are available at Books and & Company and at the door. The BC Old-Time Fiddler Spring Jamboree Concert featuring Daniel Lapp, Mike Sanison, Daniel Gervais, and Troy Gates Saturday, April 15th at the Elder Citizens Recreation Centre on 10th Avenue between Vancouver and Winnipeg Streets. April 21st is the date for a -a one-of-a-kind comedy event in Prince George. The Just Us Comedy Showcase will feature four of the best stand-ups ever to call Prince George home. Manita Ranu, Neelam Pahal, Wanasi Luongo, and Kylie Lewis Holt will bring the laughs for this special presentation, being filmed as part of the documentary Other Voices. Just Us Comedy Showcase, Friday, April 21st at The Firm. Tickets are just $20, available through eventbrite.ca. And as I was saying before the break, I did an interview yesterday with Alin Strasden, who's with the Prince George Judo Club. They are one of the clubs involved in hosting the Prince George Open Judo Tournament. And I started by asking Alin a couple of very basic questions. Where is it and when is it? Uh, so we actually have two events in one. So both are being held at Dutchess Park mm-hmm. and on Friday, March 31st, there's a kids' event called the Petite Samurai, where all the little kids of, of the north are going to gather together, and they're going to learn um, judo in a very fun, um, busy environment, because we have 180 entries. And then the next day is the PG Open Judo Tournament, which is um, uh, starting at 8.30 in the morning with the adult divisions, and then the children will start uh, just before noon. So now the Petite Samurai on the Friday, none of those people are going to be competing on Saturday? Yeah, some, oh. of, them, some of them will. So um, white belts aren't allowed to compete in competitions, mm. according to Judo Canada. So uh, the white belts will um, participate in the Petite Samurai, and then some of the other children, the color belt children, um, 12 years and younger, they'll, they'll, compete in, or they'll participate in both. Okay, so you're saying 180 showing up for the Petite Samurai... Um, how many babies? Or, um, how many <laughs> instructors will there be? We're going to have a lot of uh, the club instructors from around the region are going to help, but mm-hmm. the the um, the instruction is going to come from Team BC athletes. Oh. So uh, these are the athletes that are competing at the national championships in May. So they're going to be teaching the techniques to the children. Wow. Good learning process. Oh, it's awesome! And at the end of it, the, all the children will get a certificate of completion and a petite samurai badge oh, that they'll sew onto their uniforms. Yes. They're very excited about it. I can imagine. 
So 180 for that. How many competitors do you have for Saturday? Another 180. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's about the size that we want. We haven't had a competition for three years. Thank you, COVID. Yes. Um, so, you know, we want to take baby steps. Mm-hmm. And this, so this is only open to um, regional people. So uh, 100 mile north. And, uh, yes, we have representation from um, uh, eight or nine clubs. So it's great. Yeah, so a 100 mile north and then, like, basically Alberta border to yep. the island. Dawson Creek and uh, Smithers. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, are these the same clubs that would normally be coming to Prince George for tournaments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we organize the PG Open, um, it, it's geared towards our, the region, mm-hmm. so the northern region. Um, next year, we may hold a provincial event here, so that, that would be uh, quite a bit bigger, actually. Yes. Yeah. Now, what's the age range going to be on Saturday? Saturday will probably be six years old to adults. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, there's no age limit, I'm guessing, on adults, but about how old? Um, Most of them are going to be in their 20s, early 30s, but we do have a couple of uh, veterans that are uh, competing to show the youngins how it's done. Okay. (laughs) Of course they are. Yes. Now, spectators? Will there be seating available? Yeah, there's okay. uh, seating, limited seating um, for the spectators. So it's in the Duchess Park yeah. gym. So, so they, the yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, the stands. So um, they fill up with you know moms and dads and yes. grandmas and grandpas. So yeah. yeah. Now have the have the competitors been basically asked not to go into the stands if at all possible, just to keep no? Okay. No, we'll, we'll see how it goes if we yeah. have to clear the stands out. It, it's not a huge um, venue for us, but yeah. um, it, it'll be adequate yeah now biggest question whenever you're holding an event in prince george is there a concession there is a concession (laughs) (laughs) it'll have the best coffee in town all right i don't know what's on the menu but i i expect it'll be great yeah and probably a fair bit of it will be aimed at the younger crowd so uh or or the parents that are watching so yeah. yeah so how many people from prince george are competing offhand uh, they're competing. There's going to be 120 competing. Wow. Yeah. So the main, the bulk of the competitors on Saturday are from the city. Yeah. We, we have three judo clubs yeah. in Prince George. So, um, yeah, so we're getting a good representation from all three clubs. Yeah. So now, is, is there any sort of bragging rights at an event like this among the three local clubs? No, it's no. it's all, it's geared towards the kids and mm. we want them to have a fun, positive judo experience. So yeah. it's going to be great. Now, where in the season are you? Like, is this getting near the end of the judo season? Yeah, okay. yep. So this uh, wraps it up for our children's events mm. pretty much. There's a couple more events, but then the national championships are in May and I think some most of the clubs will close down for the summertime or, or scale back anyways so um, for the kids uh, especially the younger kids this is pretty much their last event now are there any local competitors going to nationals yep we there's about uh, 10 or 12 local athletes going to the nationals in May they're in Montreal this year now is that about the average number shall we say from Prince George for nationals yeah we're we're back to rebuilding because of COVID Mm. so uh, we lost a lot of uh, great competitors you know they had to move on to um, you know their jobs etc so it was hard to keep everyone going during COVID but yeah we still have a good group now so this is your first sort of full season post-COVID then as well 
Did you get a fair number of new students out at the Prince George Club? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, our numbers are um, are higher than pre-COVID. Whoa. Yeah, so I, I think people wanted to get their kids back into activities. They don't want them underfoot at home anymore. No, and judo is a relatively inexpensive one because you buy... The uniform. The uniform, yeah. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Except, of course, that if you buy it when the kid is six, you can expect you to buy it when he's seven, when he's eight, when he's nine. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, one family that has two boys in our club, and I think the mom has bought uh, five geese in the last two years because <laughs> she feeds them too much and they're growing. Oh, so <laughs> The nerve of her. Yeah. yeah. Start starving your kids. <laughs> yeah. So they shrink. <laughs> yeah. So what time is it? For both events, what time is it on Friday? Because Friday. some people might want to come out and just look, watch the little kids. Sure. Yep, Friday night starts at 6.30, mm-hmm. uh, 6.30 to 7.30, and Saturday morning starts at 8.30 with the adults, and the kids The kids will start around noon. Okay. And when are you kind of figuring things will be wrapping up? Well, we're counting on it being wrapped up by 5 o'clock okay. on, on Saturday. That's not bad, then. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. And that, again, then, is the PG Open Tournament? Aline, give me again where it is and which days. The Prince George Open Judo Tournament will be held at Duchess Park on Friday, March 31st and Saturday, April 1st. Again, an interview I did with Aline Strazen from the Prince George Judo Club about the Prince George Open Judo Tournament coming up not this weekend but next weekend. Take another quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. The Prince George Potters Guild is taking registration for upcoming classes. Beginner Hand Building Level 2 will take place Tuesdays from April 20th to May 25th with six evenings of instruction followed by one month of studio time. Clay and use of tools as well as glazing and firing during classes is also included. Instructed by Natalie Brackus, registration and full details on this course are available through the Potters Guild link under programs at studio2880.com. The Prince George Downtown Rotary Club is bringing the fun of Atlantic Canada to town with a lobster fest Saturday, April 15th. Enjoy fresh Atlantic lobster flown in for the event, plus a night of great entertainment with the Celtic sounds of Kelowna's Cod Gone Wild. Tickets are $125, available at pgrotary.ca. The Prince George Downtown Rotary Club's Lobster Fest, featuring Celtic music from Cod Gone Wild. Saturday, April 15th at the Roller Dome. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the south of 20K gusting to 40 starting this afternoon, a high of 9. Tonight, a few clouds. Increasing cloudiness late this evening. Fog patches developing after midnight. Gusting south winds are becoming light, a low of minus 4. On Thursday, mainly cloudy. Wind from the south of 20 in the afternoon and a high of 8. Okay, we're back, and we wrangled the guest. Whoa, I, we, feel, I feel wrangled we, all of a sudden. We wrassled the guest yeah, into the... Feel dirty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Tim Yule joins us. You probably recognize his voice from some of our shows. Probably recognize that cackle from somewhere. Yes. <laughs> well, you said that, said an interesting thing. You said you want to sit down and talk about the world baseball thing. and uh, oh, Baseball classic. Yeah. Classic, yeah. Wow. Um, I don't finish. know. Yeah. Well, the whole thing was great. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if people were watching it as they should have. I'm not a big baseball fan, and I thought it was great. So yeah. uh, there was there was an excitement in that that you rarely see maybe in the you know the finals of the World Series, but it yeah. seemed like every game. Yes. It, and they said, uh, I forget when it was, I think it was the last week of the tournament, they sold every single 
seat to every single game, no matter who is yep. playing. Wow. So that yep. is an amazing feat. And they're looking at a much bigger venue for next time around. So yeah, is it, is it great? Yeah, that is, that is, uh, that is a lot of fun to watch that. And it, did you watch the last game? No. Okay. What, well, I, I was talking to Reg about it earlier. What a way to have it finished. Yeah. Two <laughs> teammates facing each other. Yeah. In a one-run ball game in the ninth inning. Yeah, and you have Trout, who's a really well-known veteran, up mm-hmm. against a brand-new pitcher. Well, well, he's in his third or fourth year now. Well, yeah, he's yeah. A, yeah but he's, he's what is he? Pitcher. He's what twenty or something like he's that. He's not just a pitcher. No, he's uh, like he's twenty-four. A player. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it was it was really it was really great to watch those two face it oh. off. Um, I think that the thing was too that everybody always is out to sort of get the Americans right yes. because they're kind of the perennial favorites and so mm-hmm. on and so on. And they you know they have a lot of swagger and I think they have earned that. But it's interesting to watch how that motivates everyone else on the field. Yes. Uh, so and I you know and talking a little bit about the Canadians, they sort of had an up and down situation, but when they were up, it was it was great. Very little like, again. It was a lot they of fun. Won their to watch. first game, lost their second one, won their third, yeah. and lost their fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, and of course, there's the uh, connection to the local yes, player, Jerry uh, Jung. Yeah, and so it was fun to watch for that reason. That's actually why I watched it. I, mm-hmm. I I wasn't really even aware of too much, but I started watching it because of that, and I just kept watching it uh, because it was just a it's just a great tournament. So it you know it it kind of the same reason I like to watch the juniors in hockey. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing, even though it may be not the the most amazing. Uh, Technically, it's it's unbelievable as far as its excitement. So yeah, 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 lots of fun. A couple of other little stories that came out of the World Baseball Classic. I can't remember which team he was with, but the one fellow struck out three major leaguers in a row in yeah. one game. Yeah. At the end of the game, a fellow who's a scout from the Detroit Tigers came up and signed into a contract. <laughs> I smell a movie contract for that one too. That's uh, possibly. That's, that's kind of great. Yeah. So there are lots of uh, good uh, side stories as well. And so the fans were amazing, yes. really great. And you know, I think they were also the fans were encouraging of everybody on the field, which is mm-hmm. something I always like to see. I mean, if you see good good play, you, you should, as a fan, you should be excited about that. Yeah. That's not always the case. Nope. Well, here's a, here's an interesting story I, I wasn't aware of, but I'm looking at the. The pool play standings, mm-hmm. it had four pools. Yes. Pool A, Cuba finished with a record of 2-2 two and two mm-hmm. to uh-huh. finish in first. Uh-huh. Italy finished second with a... I know a, where he's going with this. <laughs> Italy <laughs> finished second with a with a uh, record of 2-2, two and two, and then missing the playoffs with records of 2-2 two and two were the Netherlands, Panama, and Chinese Taipei. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what the tiebreakers were, but I, I'm sure they were pulling their hair out after one point. What it came it's like down all to five course, teams the first finishing with 2-2 two two records. is how the two teams do head-to-head. Right. So right. that doesn't help here. Well, yeah. They yeah. go down to about the fourth tiebreaker... And it was the ratio of runs allowed to outs recorded by your pitching staff. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, well, because they had a mercy rule. Yeah, yeah. So you can't do run differential. Right, right. Well, so, so, there's, so, there's always a dartboard I'm in favor of. That way it's really simple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so two of the pools went the way uh, the people that put these together yeah. wants it Five, to go. Four, three, two. Four and oh, yeah. three and one, two and two, one and three, and oh and four there you go. for one through five. There you go. Uh, pool C was a little bit different because you had Mexico and U.S. both were three and one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Canada, two and two, and Great Britain and Colombia, one and three. So. Yeah. 
It's, yeah, well, uh, Canada didn't get anything with two and two either, right? No. Well, no, because the top two, yeah, just the top yeah. two of yeah. each pool, yeah. and fair enough. They but. they had to they had to upset someone. Yeah. Yeah. Mexico yeah. in the last game, they had. To, well, that was they, the they yeah, that was the last yeah, chance for them. Yeah. But uh, one thing that did come out of it was uh, baseball's commissioner Rob Manfred on the uh, final day announced the World Baseball Classic will be back in 2026. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's normally held every four years, but of course they missed one entirely because of COVID. Okay. So they held it this year. Yeah. Now they're going to do it in 2026. And by virtue of not finishing last in their pool, Canada has already qualified. Ah, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah and you know, Canada is getting better in oh, this yeah. sport. So, yeah, you know, there's some there's yeah. some potential there. Well, the yeah. ranking uh, worldwide right now, Canada is ranked... 14th and that's down two positions from uh the previous rankings they they have they were uh nipping at the heels of the top 10 but uh Mm. they're they're in there always yeah yeah, Yeah. plenty of they've got two years to do something about that so yeah Yeah. and the other uh, thing that i like with them is you look at their lineup and like i follow major league baseball a lot yeah and it used to be a few years ago even at the world baseball classic i'd be going Okay, I've heard about that guy. He was a hot shot in the minor leagues a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so that's where he is now. Mm-hmm. But now you look at their lineup, and like it's not top-to-bottom major leaguers. Right. But there's a lot of names you recognize. Like Freddie yeah. Freeman at first base is one of the stars in the uh, major yeah. league baseball. Well, you know, I, I think that's great, but I'm also of the mind that this is the kind of tournament that – it isn't about superstars, and and, oh. and that's why you get these stories, right? Yes. Like that's why, because yeah. these guys just come out of nowhere. I would rather have that than have everybody well, like major league player, right? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm, well, you, I'm not you, saying don't have major league players, but you know what I mean. That's yeah. just not the emphasis no. for for me in this yeah, kind you, of. A you do have the uh, superstars, but you also have the guy that's still still trying to make it, like Jared Young. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. a triple triple A guy that's trying to break into the yeah. into the uh, st- starting position. With the Cubs, yeah. and so yeah, it's, you get to see these these people you don't normally see. No, and it's super exciting when something happens, right? Because it, 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 like you said, we were just talking about how a guy got signed right away. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes it is that situation you just need a break, and you know, there's for whatever reason you haven't got it, and then here it is. And isn't that just about every sports movie you've ever seen in your life? Another thing, there's is, a reason for that. He mm-hmm. was a pitcher who signed with Detroit. There's a good chance he's going to be their opening day starter, the way their pitching staff looks right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, I might be over. So, okay. <laughs> number one ranked worldwide right now in baseball? It has to be Japan, I would think. Yes. Yes. Number two? Hopefully it's the U.S., no? No. It might be Cuba. No. Uh, TPEs. I assume Taipei. that's... Taipei. Uh, that's yeah. Chinese. Really? Okay. okay. U.S. U.S. is actually ranked number three, mm-hmm. and... That's up two spots from the last rankings. Oh. So they were they were actually ranked uh, below Korea and Mexico yes. in the previous rankings. So them so, being in the final is actually a bit of a yeah, a bit of a, a story for, for them. Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? Well, yeah, the yeah. way everybody acted, it was the other way around. Yeah, and right? we had talked but, about oh, this last week because we we actually got to do uh, Jared Young at bat play by play live as we watched oh, cool. the yeah. the numbers come yeah. up on the screen here. Uh, but they were last week when we were on the air, they were against Mexico yeah. and Mexico has come a long way in oh, a yeah. few short years yeah. as far as uh, being a, a baseball power mm-hmm. that just wasn't aware. But yeah. now it's it's a huge now in Mexico. Another wow. number that I saw to reflect just how people liked the World Baseball Classic. I can't remember which of their games it was, but I think it was Puerto Rico. 
one of their games, 61% of the televisions in Puerto Rico were watching the game. There you go. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This is an exciting tournament to watch, yeah. whether there's big leaguers in it or not, or whatever. This is just yeah. an exciting format, and it's uh, it obviously is going to get bigger and bigger and probably yeah. better, too. Yeah. I'm hoping it doesn't get any bigger, though, in terms of the number of teams. True. Yeah. But True. but it's good to see. Just You've size. got 20 teams there, yes, that's right? A good, that's so a good number. you're getting to see teams that, well, Israel. Yes. Who knew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> well, even Great Britain. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you I mean you got your normal, you've got your sort of regular teams that you expect to see there, but then you've got the teams like that. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so good on them. Okay. Good, good tournament. Right. Well worth watching. Go to a break, and when we come back, we'll finish things off on Post to Post. Many years ago, the Cree gifted the Métis with the name Otomisawa, the people who own themselves. This independence, resilience, and spirit has been beautifully captured by local artist Erin Stagg. Her series of acrylic paintings, illustrated stories of Métis people, are on display at Two Rivers Gallery through May 7th. Stop by and check out this one-of-a-kind presentation of Canadian historical culture. Optimisawa by Erin Stagg, on through May 7th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity grows in the Canada Games Plaza. The Prince George Elks will be hosting a country dance this Saturday, March 25th from 7.30 to 11 at the Elks Community Hall located at 663 Douglas Street. Admission will be $15 at the door and will include a small lunch and refreshments to be served by the Ladies Royal Purple. A 50-50 draw will also be held. Everybody is welcome. The Elks Country Dance this Saturday, March 25th at the Elks Community Hall, 663 Douglas Street. All right, so uh, did I miss it, or, or did you do a rundown of uh, of, uh, of Jared Young's numbers from the World Baseball I Challenge? I did that basically last week, I think. Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I that had was, his numbers it wasn't over Mexico, then. But I don't think he got any hits against them. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, one other note, though, is apparently, um, I don't know if it's because he missed a couple of weeks of spring training or if it had already been decided, he will start the season with the Iowa Cubs, the AAA team. Yeah. But again, he got up a little bit at the end of last year. They know that he, that, you know, he wasn't standing there in the Badgers box going, oh, wow, look at all the people. <laughs> so they know that he can play at that level. Yeah. So be interested to see where he plays at Iowa. Because Chicago still has a good, solid first baseman. I can't remember right now who it is. Well, when he was up last year, he played uh, some outfield as well as first base. Yes, I think how I think, and you know what? The World Baseball Classic. He was playing outfield. He was the DH for the first game, and he ended up playing first base for part of one game because uh, Freeman had a minor injury. Yeah, he yeah. had to come out, so yeah. they just moved Jared to first base. And again, that's one of the things teams love these days is guys who can play a variety of positions. Okay, so here are the numbers. Yes. Uh, he got into all four games, yep. 14 at-bats, uh, three runs, mm-hmm. two hits, okay, uh, one home run, yes, uh, two RBI, mm-hmm. uh, three walks, Six strikeouts, yeah. uh, average of 143, yeah. on-base percentage of 333, mm-hmm. slugging percentage, is that what it's called? Yep. SLG, yeah. SLG of uh, 357, mm-hmm. and what's OPS again? Uh, that should be on-base plus slugging. 
Oh, okay. So uh, six ninety for OPS. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was uh, Jared's numbers yeah. for the four games. Not bad. Yeah, Not bad. decent, I guess. Yeah, they start uh, the Iowa Cubs start the season end of the month. So another week and a bit. So he'll be back. I'm guessing he's probably back. Has probably been back with the, the Cubs spring training the last couple of days already. Yeah, and then he'll just when they break camp, he heads off to Iowa again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on him from there. See All right, what happens. So um, wrestling. Any is that the only thing we got left? Is wrestling? Pretty much, yes. All right. Let's talk wrestling. Okay. Uh, last week, we had uh, Davey Greenlees mm-hmm. and Murray Brown? Stewart. Stewart. From Primetime Wrestling in to talk about their card coming up. And it apparently, it was crazy. I guess House of Ancestors was packed for both nights. Yep. And they had two championships, as they've been talking about. On Friday night, they had a six-man elimination tournament where they had three singles matches, and then the three winners went into a triple threat match, and the winner won the Northwestern Championship. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be backstage pass, Braden Goss. Braden Goss, yes. okay. And on Saturday, they had the heavyweight championship, and it was just a very simple event. Mm-hmm. 13-man battle royale. Oh, Over wow. the top rope, you're out. Yeah. Uh, Vance Nevada. Uh, Mr. Beefy Goodness, okay. his nickname, was the fellow who won that. Uh, and they have already said the next card will be May 12th and 13th at the House of Ancestors. Wow. And they're looking to maybe have a few other right. cards around the area before that. Well, that's coming up pretty fast. Yeah, that's too much, which I think was what they kind of said when they were here. They said they were hoping to run yeah. match bouts every couple of months in Prince George. Well, there you go. Yeah. I did note on Facebook, a local stand-up comedian and uh, on-air personality with Patterson Broadcasting, Cody Malbouf, Mm. was involved in the wrestling, and uh, he's got some welts to show. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I I know Cody, and yeah, he doesn't, he he wouldn't match up very well. (laughs) Well, I I guess he did okay. Uh, I mean, somebody's got to lose, right? Yes, Yes, they're called jobbers. Jobbers? Jobbers is what they call them at the top ranks. Like the guys, like at WWE, when you see the uh, bout list, some of the bouts you just know right away who's going to win, who's going to lose. Right. And the guy who's going to lose is probably a guy who spends most of his time losing. Yeah, yeah, puts, yeah. He puts up, he put, makes, does a good show. Yeah. Every once in a while, they will pull an upset, like the Washington Generals beating the Harlem Globetrotters right. every once in a while. Well, every once in a while they'll do that yeah. uh, when they're when they've decided to make a star out of a jobber. Yes, because I can remember seeing that uh, back in the day, watching All Star Wrestling mm-hmm. or Stampede Wrestling, yeah. where you, you knew the guy that was going to lose because he, he you don't know him. He, he no. had no name, he had no yeah. personality, and, in this corner, and then every John, once in a yeah. while, every once in a while, all of a sudden you start seeing some personality and. And, oh, my goodness, he's winning this one. And then he gets the interview, and boom, off to the races. Yes. Okay. Um, So, again, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated as we go along. But next card, May 12th and 13th, they figure. Oh, I do have one other note. A couple of area marathoners, Michael Wells out of Summit Lake and Jackie Pedersen from Prince George, Mm -hmm. received their six-star medals earlier this month. And that is? That is, you complete the mar- the marathons in Berlin, New York, Chicago, London, Boston, and Tokyo. 
over the course of your career, like not all in one year. Right. And Tokyo was the last for both of them, and they got that earlier this month. And so they got their six-star medals, which hmm. is kind of neat. And not an easy task, I no, would assume. No, because, again, it's six different marathons. It's not like yeah. just competing, completing six marathons. And uh, Now, did they have to do that in a calendar year or no, what? Only, no, it just... No, it was spread out. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. calendar year, that'd be... Some oh, yeah. major, major work. Yeah, because uh, Wells, I know, had completed a few, mm-hmm. and he was all set to go to Tokyo to get to the fifth one yeah. just before COVID. Right. So he had to kind of wait on that one then. But I think most people in North America then probably start with the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Because that's the one that's the biggest turnout. And it is... It's still not easy to get in if you don't have the credentials already as a marathoner, but it's not that hard because there's so many. Right. When's the Boston Marathon usually run? Oh, man. I want to say it's on Patriots Day in the U.S. Mm-hmm. April, mid-April, I want to say, because I know the Red Sox always play at home that day. So, Did you know it is the world's oldest running marathon? Yes, continuously, yes. And, uh, yeah, mid-April, the yeah. uh, marathon, uh, Boston Marathon bombing yes. was on the 15th of April. Okay, So, yes. yeah, mid-April is when they uh, run yeah. it. And I knew a woman who, I, I know a woman who I went to high school with here in Prince George. Well, actually, I went to elementary school, junior high, and senior high with her. Mm-hmm. And she's running marathons. She was in the Boston Marathon that day, and she oh, yeah. was about 200 yards away when the bomb went off. Yeesh. Yes. But she went back the next year. Sure. Yep. No, they weren't going to And a uh, good movie if you get a chance to watch it. Mm. Uh, what's it called? I don't remember. Mm. Uh, but uh, starring uh, Marky Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg yeah. as uh, a cop. And the... The story about you know hunting down the guy yes. that was responsible, which was yeah, I think it was a pair of brothers actually, if I'm not if I remember correctly. Uh yes, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, so yeah, so that'll be the next big one then, and we'll maybe keep an eye open if we hear about uh, local people going to it. I know there all are always some. Oh, the movie th- is called Patriots Day, so okay. that <laughs> yes makes sense. <laughs> so now we know, yeah. And I'm trying to think of his name. I haven't interviewed him in a while. A local folk singer. Interviewed him a few times. Kathy Travers used to have him on quite frequently as well. Oh, okay. And I can't remember his name, as I say, but he ran, he's gone to the Boston Marathon a number of times. Right, I don't right. know if he still is over COVID, but yeah. but he used to go almost every year. So Yeah, the name's escaping my uh, know. memory as well right yeah. now. But. but anyway, so next week... We um, don't know what I don't know who we'll have for guests. I'm sure we'll have somebody. Well, we'll know where the Spruce Kings are for the playoffs. Yes. That's one thing for sure. Yeah, and we can also do maybe a little bit of a preview on the Cougars yep. first round against uh, Tri City, mm-hmm. and we'll do that next week on Wednesday, starting at one o'clock on Post to Post. You're listening to CFIS FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.